Welcome to the Trad Dads Podcast, where we examine cultural and political issues through the lens of traditional thought. All right, so tonight I wanted to talk about the concept of bootstraps. You know, pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Uh, in the context of a very specific uh, recent event, which is uh, California deciding to essentially regulate um, uh, the gig economy out of existence in their state. And what's so interesting about this, I think, is that I've, I've read two very different takes on this uh, particular issue, and I think both of them are uh, obviously wrong, obviously incorrect. Um, and I think there's, a, there's an obvious third position in here that, that, that someone could very easily take, and that if they're thinking in the right terms, they would be able to come to this conclusion fairly easily. Uh, so just to give a little bit of news about what's going on, uh, essentially what happened was the left in California was complaining that uh, there are a lot of jobs that uh, do not include, are not paid some kind of benefits or something like that. They don't, they don't enjoy kind of a full-time employment scenario that a lot of people in other parts of the country do. Um, but uh, and, and so the, the target was on specific types of uh, jobs or specific industries. Uh, so uh, one of the articles that I'll put up was is specifically about um, the, 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 the news media and the opinion, really not really news necessarily, but, but the, the sort of opinion news world. Um, you know, and a lot of these people that work in this area are uh, freelancers and they just... Uh, you know, submit their work and, and they get paid if uh, the editor accepts it. And they don't work for any single publication. You know, they may write for several different publications and all this sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> another good example is um, Uber. Uh, you know, they, the, the, you know, your contract with Uber, you know, as a driver, you're just uh, a contractor. You're not an employee. Um, and, and, you know, you just get a cut of the total fare for each of the, the rides that you offer, and, and that's just the way it works. The app just facilitates uh, your business. Um, and so w what I think is interesting about this is you get two very, very different takes. And so the first one I'll talk about, I'll just talk about the left uh, more because they were the ones that really instigated this from a political standpoint. So the instigation came in the form of, well, you know, we demand uh, to have you know, benefits and uh, to be employees and, and, you know, all of this kind of thing. They want, it, they want these jobs normalized, right? They want to have the benefits of a full-time employed person. Um, <clears throat> and so then when the legislature goes and implements this, of course, the response of the businesses is to just simply say, okay, well, we're just not going to have, uh, you know, freelance writers anymore. We're going to hire a very small number of people and they're going to crank out all of our content. Um, so these jobs are just gone. Um, or if they're not completely gone, you know, they have to, they have to be paid a very tiny amount. And, you know, there, there, there were, there, there was some kind of restriction on, you know, these, these freelance people were able to write, you know, a handful of articles and stuff like that. I mean, obviously they can't bar you from, you know, writing a letter to the editor or something. Um, but, you know, it, as far as your ability to make this into some kind of a, uh, you know, a stable remunerative type of 
profession or even even have, as, a, as a relatively profitable side gig, um, these regulations were going to make that basically impossible um, just because of the way, uh, to an extent, you know, you could frame it as the, the way the business has responded. Well, this is, this is not how they should have responded. Uh, they should have, <clears throat> you know, just done what uh, the lefties were clamoring for, which was, uh, you know, expect the same work out of them and give them all the benefits too. Um, and so it's, I think that that first, uh, the, the analysis of this is kind of interesting because what you, what you kind of get is this, uh, realization that, that, that they just don't, they fundamentally do not understand the the reality of business in the U S today. They don't understand how the stuff works. They don't understand how the, their, their bosses, you know, the people who control things, don't understand how they see things. They don't understand the concept of, uh, you know, unintended consequences of regulation um, and stuff like this. Just very fundamental, basic stuff that's that's very important. And and again, it's this is not to excuse the, you know, employing people and not paying them, you know, a just wage. I'm not I'm not excusing that at all. I'm, I'm going to get to that later, actually. Um, but but I think. The, the, the critique of the lefties here from, uh, you know, I don't know, a distributist perspective or a, um, you know, a traditionalist um, economic perspective um, would, would be just simply to say that, like, look, you're not um, you're putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. Right. The, the, the core problem here is so much worse than what your feeble attempt at regulation is going to fix that it ends up just kind of backfiring on you, right? It's almost like, uh, you know, the, <clears throat> you put a Band-Aid on a, a bullet wound and you find out the, you know, the, the Band-Aid's dirty or something like that, right? Um, and so it's just, it's just simply not the right medicine and it's not going to help you. Um, you can't just, in, in this climate, the way things are done now, you can't just force these benefits with regulations. There has to be another way to go, and, and I'm going to talk about that later. Um, so to kind of move to the uh, the bootstrapper kind of regulation, you know, the sort of uh, boomer con kind of thing, um, I'll put up a I'll put up a link with a timestamp for uh, the Dan Bongino show, and, and Dan Bongino is a uh, you know he's one of these. Uh, uh, you know, Trump or bust kind of, you know, Sean Hannity, Republican types. Um, <clears throat> very generally, I, I listen to his show quite a bit. Um, but but on the economic stuff, I think he's just out to lunch crazy. Um, you know, so he, his response to this is to simply laugh at these people, which is which is not the way to do it. I mean, this is not this is not a funny thing, right, that people aren't being paid, you know, a just wage. Now, obviously, again, my critique of the left is still there. I'm not, I'm not saying they're going about it right either, but, um, you know, there's, this isn't a, this isn't something to laugh about. Right. But the, the, his, his whole thing is, it's like, well, if you don't, um, you know, want a job that doesn't give you full benefits, just go find another job, which is totally ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> you know, these jobs are being offered and people are taking them because that's the position they're in. Um, that does not justify, uh, you know, the, 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 um, 
the, the conditions that they're working under, right? Just because they agree to them does not make them right. Uh, you know, this is, again, one of the fundamental things that, you know, we in this sort of traditionalist side of things constantly have to battle with the, um, you know, the boomer cons or the, uh, you know, whatever you want to call them, right? Um, we're constantly having to do battle with these people on these ideas because they fundamentally just, they really just think that anything agreed upon is correct, is okay. They are they are more relativists as much as the left-wingers are. They're just a different flavor of moral relativists. And of course, they don't want to hear that. And, you know, we could have a debate uh, about that issue if we needed to. But... <clears throat> What I think is interesting here is that, you know, it's sort of like if, well, if his daughter was in this position or if his, you know, if his kid was in this position where, uh, you know, they had a really crummy working conditions, right? Obviously, as a parent, you know, he would, he would do something about this, right? He would, he would call up on the phone and get his connections involved, right? Um, and, of course, those connections have absolutely nothing to do with, you know, his kid's ability to, you know, crank out widgets in a factory, right? Uh, it has nothing to do with his kids, you know, um, marginal value product of labor, right? It's, it's connections, right? These are the things in civil society that we use to try to influence, uh, you know, the, the financial conditions of the people we care about, right? And so if, you know, if I were someone living in California, in, in San Francisco, and I cared about my fellow San Franciscans who were, uh, you know, uh, working these types of jobs, I would do what I could to try to help them, to try to find something else for them, right? And this is perfectly legitimate behavior, um, but it's completely outside of a market mechanism, right? It's it's completely relational, um, and and the mechanism, uh, you know, the, the way it works has nothing to do with markets. It just it has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with uh, people and how we relate and how we help each other, uh, you know. And so. In both of these cases, you, you have people who are just fundamentally not understanding how this ought to work and how, how people should be um, remunerated and how people uh, should be allowed to work, the conditions under which they should be allowed, <clears throat> or the conditions that, that, that employers should be allowed to offer to them. Um, and so when it comes to, you know, offering an alternative, I always want to try to offer an alternative because I don't, I don't want to just be uh, complaining. You know, you have, to, um, uh, you, have to, you have to beat a model with a better model, right? Um, and so to me, the, the better model, and, you know, I kind of lean back on uh, a previous episode where, you know, we talked about, you know, if there was an employer who wanted to do this stuff right, if there was an employer who wanted to pay um, based on the needs of their employees, um, those certain, certainly uh, very straightforward ways to calculate this stuff with just basic tax information, right? You just look at the number of um, you know withholdings that somebody has, or the number of dependents somebody has, you know, and, and leave it to the IRS to vet the thing. Um, but you know, just count their dependents and you know give them give them some kind of a pay scale based on their dependents. That's totally fine. That makes total sense. Again, part of the purpose of work and um, you know the economy, right? A large part of it is to take care of people, right? It's not to just make more efficient widgets and uh, you know cheaper blenders from China. Uh, the point is for people to be provided for uh, when they need it and uh, you know in, in a reasonable fashion. Um, now, of course, that 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 leaves all kinds of room for judgment. Sure. 
but you can't um, you, you can't just throw your hands up and say, well, if the regulation doesn't work, then nothing will. Or, you know, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps, Johnny. Uh, you know, it's your fault for taking this job. Uh, you know, both of these things are silly, right? People are, are doing things because of the positions they're put in. Now, of course, we have all kind, we can have all kinds of discussion about, um, you know, the fact that people need to put their priorities in the right order. And so when they are looking for jobs, of course, they need to have the right priorities. Of course, they need to have their life, you know, kind of sorted out to some extent, right? But the, but the, the way they're going to do that is not um, through someone, you know, simply shouting, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, right? That's not effective. Um, that's not going to change the situation. If you care about these people, you know, if you, if you see them as your, um, you know, your neighbors or your, um, you know, your community members or your family um, or your co-religionists, right, you're going to help them uh, in some way. And that, that help is almost certainly not going to come through some kind of market means. Um, so we have to we have to think about uh, priorities. We have to think about um, you know wealth intergeneral wealth transfers, right? Uh, transfers, excuse me. Um, you know, I, I saw a statistic recently uh, claiming that uh, you know millennials are or you know a certain age range right now. I, mean, I don't know, twenty five to thirty five or something like that. Um, and when the baby boomers were in that age range, they held twenty one percent of the wealth in the US. Um, Gen Xers, when they were in that age range, they held 4% of the wealth. And millennials, currently in that age range, they hold 3% of the wealth. Um, and I think the, the, the argument you can take from this is just simply that, you know, it's very hard to have your priorities in the right order when you're just trying to scrape by paycheck to paycheck, right? And it's not to say that there aren't any boomers trying to do that. Of course there are. Um, but what we can see is that there, this intergeneral, intergenerational wealth transfer is not happening. And so the bootstrap argument doesn't work. The bootstrap argument worked when... Um, you know, it was an obvious sign that, you know, Johnny just was being a lazy good for nothing um, when he couldn't work his way through college or, uh, you know, when he was 22 years old and wasn't, um, you know, married with a good full time job. Right. Well, you know, the conditions were different in 1970. You know, the things were just different than they are now. Um, and so we have to recognize that. Um, and, and, and so that's where I think we go to, you know, the lefties to an extent and we say, look, guys, uh, you know, I appreciate your zeal, but you're just you're tilting at windmills here with these sort of silly Band-Aid regulations. Right. Um, the bottom line is we have to figure out how we're going to shift, uh, you know, demand and supply curves here. Um, we have to think about how we're going to, uh, you, you know, increase competition for labor. Right. We have to think about how we're going to um, incentivize, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, managers and, and, and business owners to pay in a in a, a reasonably remunerative fashion that supports families, that supports, um, you know, supports people for their their actual needs, um, you know, and, and to some extent, maybe that is going to entail, uh, you know, the 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 sorts of um, the sort of gig economy thing just going by the wayside in a lot of industries, um, and I, I personally don't see anything wrong with that. I think I think this whole gig economy thing is a little um, is is a little silly. It's a little bit of like a facetious 
uh, entrepreneurialism, right? Uh, being an entrepreneur is, is, is a different type of thing than, um, you know, buying a car and, uh, being an Uber driver or, uh, you know, sitting in a coffee shop, um, writing articles, right? I don't, I don't think that's not, to me, that's not entrepreneurial behavior, right? Um, when, when it's really just in service of, uh, Sort of, sort of a large corporation that's uh, that's really taking a, a very large percentage of the profits. That's that's not entrepreneurialism, and and, and so it doesn't it doesn't fit that mold in my mind. Um, so we have to talk about you know potentially you know some of these gig things are just uh, you know this is just not the way things are supposed to work, right? Um, and so to that extent, I think maybe the outcome of this regulation is okay uh, in the longer term. And sure, it comes with some short term pain, and and that's obviously not good. Um, but I, I think there needs to be, um, you know, we, we, need, we need to be a little more creative about, um, you know, how um, we, we advocate for designing incentives in this space, right? Um, maybe we give businesses a tax break if, you know, they do pay on a family-based uh, pay scale. Um, maybe we, you know, so maybe it's more of a, a sort of a, a carrot incentive rather than a stick, right? Um, but maybe there's room for stick incentives as well, right? I mean, maybe there is room for negative incentives for employers um, who are uh, who are not, you know, sort of providing this kind of family-based uh, wage. So I, I think, and again, this is fundamentally different from just saying, uh, you know, all the employers have to pay all the benefits, right? Uh, I, I, I don't think that um, that deals with the problem specifically enough. I think you're trying to, uh, you're trying to just, um, you know, put something out there that's just going to fix all the problems. Um, and it's not because it doesn't, it's not, it's, it's not understanding what the underlying issue really is. It's just looking at a symptom of that problem and saying, well, you know, we can treat this one symptom. And so that's going to solve the problem. It's not going to solve the problem. You're not diagnosing the issue and you're not giving the, the patient the medicine that they need. You're just putting a Band-Aid uh, on a bullet wound. Uh, from an economic perspective. Thanks for listening to the Trad Dads podcast. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and consider giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. It really helps us out.